when people are wondering, oh, okay, why is he doing well this year? I attribute that to the coaching concept from those two organizations that is taking me to the next level. I had the content, I had the knowledge, I had the enthusiasm, but it didn't take me to where I needed to be till I was willing to spend the money and hear somebody else expand what I had and took me to the next level. So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our leadership, develop our teams and scale our business in a way that allows us to get our products and services out to the world yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, did you know that Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agency owners in the country, providing monthly accounting, CFO services, and tax preparation? Check them out at club.capital. Welcome to another episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. My name is Bradley Hamner, your host. On today's episode, we have a return guest, Mr. Thomas Intuck. Thomas is an insurance agency owner and founder of Intuck Speaking. We interviewed him in a two-part series back a year, year and a half ago or so. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, we'll make sure we put it in the show notes. But Thomas, in this episode, is wide-ranging. We cover a lot of different things that for are high-level all the way down to eye-level. And I know that you're going to be able to walk away with some very practical nuggets that are going to be able to help you in your small business to be able to grow in your leadership and develop in your team and, and really ultimately scale your business. So... Without further ado, here's my conversation with Thomas Intuck. Have you ever tried online marketing before and weren't sure if it was working? Maybe your rep talked about all the impressive features and stats and said things were going great, but you didn't know how all that tied into raw new policies written. Well, that's not the case with Direct Clicks. Direct Clicks is the premier Google Ads and SEO option exclusively for State Farm agents. Why? They're 100% resource-oriented with an exclusivity guarantee. Every review call you have with your account manager focuses on what really matters to your business, and that's leads and call-ins received. Everything will get broken down to cost per lead received. By investing with direct clicks, you're going to free up time and energy to focus on what's most important in your agency and doing what it is you do best. This will be the best investment you make for your team by spending confidently and scaling your agency today with exclusive online marketing partner, DirectClicks. Visit us at directclicksinc.com. Ambition is the first step towards success. It's time to level up your agency. And Coach P Consulting will help you do just that by using the same strategies he used to sell over 700 life insurance policies in 2021 alone. Now, this is not your regular one and done type coaching. You'll get personalized coaching two days a week, every week of the month, and you'll get a live look behind the scenes of his team training and an office that's performing at the highest level. There's a reason Coach P Consulting is the fastest growing coaching company for insurance agency owners in the country. Coach P will train your team alongside his own and show you the exact steps they're taking to achieve chairman circle, exotic travel, and multi-line presence club, and be one of the few agents to be selected to have a third office. So whether your goal is to be at the top of your local market or amongst the best in the country, this training will give you the strategies and the tactics to get there. For just $250 a month, you'll get high-level coaching each week from someone who is already getting it done at that level, and his strategies work, and it's time to put them to work for you. Sign up at coachpconsulting.com and get your first full month for free when you mention the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. 
Thomas Intuck. Welcome back to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Thank you. It's a great opportunity. Remember, when you're from New Zealand, everything is an upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an upgrade for me to have you and our listeners to have you back on the podcast. I really enjoyed our two-part series that we had. It's crazy. It seems like it was just a couple months ago, but it's been quite some time. So we're going to cover a lot of different topics. You and I were discussing before we hit record just a variety of different things. And there's so many different places we could take for this. I think the first place I want to talk about is so often we talk about the investment in our teams and no question that that is so incredibly important for us to invest in our team development. But I think sometimes we often maybe shortchange the value of investing in ourselves. You know, whenever you go into an airplane, they talk about put your oxygen mask on first. And I think you and I were having a great discussion about that. And so I think it's a really good place to start. Why don't you just talk about your thoughts, maybe even some of the things that you've kind of seen over your career of investing in yourselves and the value that you've gotten off of that? Well, you know, interestingly, I think I might have mentioned in the previous podcast, I don't want to be repetitive. Jack Canfield that wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul series and sold over 600 million copies was very impressed when he found out what I posted that I would never spend more on my head than in my head. And many people have heard me say that, but the reason that that also applies to earlier conversation, it's like on my head is shampoo, a haircut, a cap. In my head is books, tapes, podcasts, coaching, things that put things in my head to make me better at what I do. And better at what I do doesn't necessarily always mean production numbers. Yes. It's the comfort level, the mm-hmm. joy that I get in what I do. That's making me better at what I do because I can generate the same numbers, but happier. I can mm-hmm. generate the same numbers, but impact more people's lives, my team members' lives, my clients' lives, but the production is the same. So the beginning of this year, I signed up for a certain coaching with Brian Tracy organization for a reason. I was looking for something specific. And then all of a sudden, somebody crazy, Brad Hamrick, came my way, started talking about blueprint. I said, what? And then when he told me how much it's going to cost, I said, oh, snap. I spoke to my wife. Her first reaction is, wait a minute, you're coaching other people and you're going to spend all this money I said, well, there's something I'm looking for. But let me say this. Just four months into it, I felt like my success this year, it's going to be exponential. And many people think I'm very successful in certain things that I've done in the past. But I look at the next two years, 2022 and 2023, may be my best year career-wise. And I attribute part of that to me spending the money in coaching to get my mind out of where I am to the next level. So some of the things that I spend money and I heard you say, sometimes it's not a matter of learning new things. Okay, some of the things that I hear at Blueprint, either from you or the participants, I'm sitting back there saying, I've done that before. I can do that better. (laughs) So not that I learned something new, but I'm now fired up to go back and do the things I used to do, but don't do anymore. 
Okay. So yeah. to me, that's progress. And that's like return on my investment when I look at it from that standpoint. So I say all of that to say in our industry, I've been in this business 36 years with State Farm. My first insurance license was June 1979. So I'm giving my age away. So I've been around, I've done this thing, but this is one industry that a lot of people look at coaching or self-development as an expense. I remember many years ago, I used to make two comparisons. I said, think about this. Tiger Woods, when he was the best in the world, had three coaches. Anytime he plays with any one of those coaches, he would beat them. So it wasn't a matter of the coach knowing more than him. Why did he have three coaches paying them millions of dollars? Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, we can name everybody. So mm-hmm. in field of sports, in uh, entertainment, people have coaches. They spend a lot of money. What are we doing? I've talked to many agents. They say, oh, we've spent money before, or I bought this. Or I've even spent money with you. I'm tired of spending money. The question is, why didn't it work? Have we done any analysis? The fact that I spent money in coaching in 2021 doesn't mean I don't need to spend money in 2023 for coaching. So that's just one of the things that I thought through. I said, you know what? When people are wondering, oh, okay, why is he doing well this year? I attribute that to the coaching concept from those two organizations that is taking me to the next level. I had the content, I had the knowledge, I had the enthusiasm, but it didn't take me to where I needed to be till I was willing to spend the money and hear somebody else expand what I had. That took me to the next level. That might be a long way of answering your question. (laughs) No, that's good. I appreciate you saying that. I mean, from me, myself, I mean, you've heard me say, a couple things. Number one, never trust a coach who doesn't have a coach because they don't believe in investing in themselves. And then number two, I think to your point earlier, we need to be reminded more than we need to be taught oftentimes. I mean, certainly there's a time to hear new concepts and strategies and a way of thinking that we had not really considered in the past. But to your point, whenever you go to people who have come to your programs, And the same people hear the same message and one person takes it and they go and implement and they actually do the thing in their business and their agency and they take off and they have the best year ever. And then somebody else heard the same information and they don't do anything with that. What is the difference between the two people? Maybe their mindsets between the ones who actually hear and then implement, because listen, let's be real. Ideas are everywhere, but implementation is everything. What do you think is the difference in the mindset of those two? It's just sometimes is the humility to really say, let me take a step back. Sometimes you have to take one step back to make two fold. I have attended meetings. My biggest struggle is the arrogance of me listening to you and saying, okay, what can I get out of? Okay. Or I start measuring. I think I wrote more files, so I made more MDLT than Brad. Or I did this, you know, so what can he tell me? Because I hear that a lot. <laughs> so sometimes it's humility to step back and say, you know what? Let me listen to this person. I had one of the top agents in this company. I always ask the question, why do you spend money to do this or go to this kinds of training when 99.99% of our organization would never produce what you're producing? 
it comes from, he mentioned three things. Number one, go and keep an open mind to hear somebody because we're in like a boilerplate in our agencies. So just getting out and clear your head, don't prejudge and don't question and don't criticize and don't feel like, oh, that wouldn't work in my agency attitude. Just hear them out. Something may click. That actually helps him relax Mm -hmm. because he puts everything out. It's just good for him. Whether he learns something or not, it would do him good. Then the other thing is, you know what? Let me go in and put this to practice. Or maybe I will learn something new. Now, from my standpoint, I've actually taught a class on this. Do you have the courage to give up something that worked that would produce something or something that would actually exponentially work better? I'll give an example. I have a system in my office, brings me uh, $10,000, that idea, that concept, generate $5,000. I come and visit your office. I learn that you're doing something that brings you 20,000. I said, that's a great mm-hmm. idea. Nine out of 10 agents that I work with wants to come back to their agency and blend what you have with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So the difficulty is it takes courage for me to discipline myself to say what I was doing, yes, was working, but it only brings me 5,000. I need to do what Brad is doing to bring me 20,000. Mm-hmm. I don't have the resources to run both of those. Sure. But nine out of 10 agents try to blend both and the result is mediocre. It takes courage for me to give up. Let me say this, 100% of agents I talk to will give up something that is not working all day long. But the struggle is to give up something that is working to do something that would work a lot better. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. And it's this concept you've heard me say, adopt and then adapt, adopt and then adapt. So if you're going to go and you're going to hear from someone who has spent potentially years and a lot of money putting together and tried and true in the trenches on something that they know is working because they've proven it, you might be better off to actually adopt it first exactly the way that they have it. And then over time, if you want to adapt it to yours, but you're right, we end up watering it down basically. And then when it doesn't work the way that it was intended to work, they say, well, that strategy didn't work for me. Well, no, you didn't actually implement the strategy, the tactic, the word track, whatever it may be, the way that it was intended. Correct. Well, I hope at some point, if we have a few minutes, because I want to apply that to even the result on the program that I'm running at some point, because I see that similarity in application and the result. Because we had in the class, we had agents that generated over a hundred thousand of live premium. In fact, one agent did over one hundred fifty thousand of live premium. In my head, why are you paying me and signing up for a class that is guarantees twenty five thousand in ninety days? Because <laughs> it's like, okay, I was trying to get some people from point A to point B, <laughs> but you showed up. Uh, President's Club and Chairman Circle, you know, all kinds of <laughs> awards already. What are you doing yeah. in this class? And, yeah. you know, it's interesting. <laughs> it is. Let's kind of make the switch a little bit from 
ourselves, and we'll come back to that in a little bit, to our clients, customers that we're working to try to get. We all know that right now it's really difficult to get people to show up. And when we mean show up, it's not just in person. I mean, that's part of it. But even to be able to show up on a virtual call to get people on the phone, my goodness, I mean, even showing up on a call. What are some of the things that we can do? So whenever we go through all the word, we, we run the right word track, we set an appointment to actually get people to show up so we can do our presentation. Well, that is something that if I can find someone that has a perfect method, I think I'll take a second mortgage and pay them and clone that method because the problem is that we've gotten now to a point where clients are very smart. Clients have been contacted by every Joe Blow about everything. So even with the relationships that we have with them, trying to get them to come in for an appointment in their minds, it's almost like you have to sell them on the product, they have to be ready to buy to accept an appointment. It's going backwards. I thought we were supposed to meet and talk about this and see how it fits your family situation or finances. But clients are skeptical or are genuinely busy. So they resist just nuisance call or appointments that they feel like, okay, what's in it for me or what would it accomplish? That is a very difficult thing to do. And I've talked to many agents and I have struggled for many years. One of the things though that I'm teaching now because I've had a measure of success and I did this long before COVID is getting clients to commit to 15 minutes virtual mm -hmm. appointment. 15 minute virtual appointment is something that for my Washington DC traffic was appealing to my clients. I did not know that I was auditioning for COVID. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was traffic situation that made me decide I'm going to do virtual because there were several appointments that you can't get a couple together because of traffic. They're coming back from D.C. after a work day and they're stuck in traffic and you're either in the house and then the husbands or the wives said, go ahead, I'll take notes or I, you know, or I make decisions. No, that doesn't cut it. That will cut it with small term policies for those of us that sell a lot of insurance or investments or whatever. But if you need to take serious premiums that I need, I enjoy getting, it doesn't work that way. So 15 minute virtual appointment in 15 minutes, I share very at least three to four concepts, general. No details. These are three or these are four of over 10 areas that I help my clients with. Which one of those would interest you? Or when would you have a few minutes? I might share all the rest. So 15 minutes, people mm -hmm. commit to 15 minutes. I disturb them in that 15 minutes virtually to agree to meet with me. That has mm -hmm. worked for me repeatedly. And now I have shared that with the group that in my program, in fact, I actually helped them come up with PowerPoints that they could use for those 15 minutes and even a, a word track for text, email, or phone call to secure that 15 minutes. That's it. How many of those appointments do you feel like 
what percentage end up going into a longer appointment or do you end up sometimes seeing it to where people will close someone right there on that appointment? What are you typically seeing? All right. This is, if you want to, since you're a math person or you like numbers, I get 90 to 95% upfront will accept 15 minute appointment. When I say 90 to 90%, I could actually say 100%. The only time that the other five to 10% is because it will not happen within a three months period. I've had people that said, I'm having cancer treatment and let's do it in the future. I'm building a house. We're planning a wedding. There's certain things that families genuinely will say, we're a swan. We can do that right now. So I move it. Within a year, I still meet with everybody, realistically. So I could say 100%. But let's just say 90 to 95% agrees to 15-minute appointment. Mm -hmm. Six out of 10 people that I do the appointment with Mm -hmm. would agree to a longer appointment. So if you do the math, I went from struggling to get one in 10 to getting five or six in 10 that agreed to the appointment because now they know the context. I think that's really good. I mean, I think about the people that listen to this podcast. I mean, at this point, we have thousands of downloads a month and I'm grateful for that. And I take it very seriously that for somebody listening to this, that you have their attention. They may be working in the yard. They may be driving to work, but it's been said that time is infinitely more valuable than money. And I agree with that. But I even think it's more important for people's attention. Their attention is even much more precious because if you lower the bar to where you are asking for 15 minutes, it's just so much more doable than asking for an hour of someone's time. I mean, if somebody asked me for an hour, I don't know where that would fit. 10 minutes, 15 minutes to jump on a call? Sure, no problem at all. I think that's really good. And I think well, it's... Let me, well, let me, let me just say this, though. Currently, there are two people in my office, myself and a team member, Pat. Anybody can call my office anytime, ask for Pat. Pat actually worked remotely from Plano, Texas since 2016. She and I have written, analyzed $96,000 of live premium. I've only had one in-person appointment. Wow. Okay, so it could be done. And I'm actually bragging about it. It is more efficient from a time standpoint. I don't have no shows and I don't sit in traffic. I have actually educated myself on how to use virtual to just make the point. You know, <laughs> if world leaders could meet virtually and yeah. make decisions. <laughs> yes, that that's a good point. You look at. How many conferences, G7, conference virtually? Unheard of. So if those things are done where billions, billions and trillions of dollars of transaction is completed between countries, why can't I have a transaction with my customer? And they love that, really. So anyway, enough said. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And obviously, you've mastered the art of being on video. I mean, you're looking great with the mauve shirt on today. So for those of you that watch this on YouTube, he's looking good in his mauve shirt today. You know, I forgot we were going to do this because I spent so much time changing my cologne. No, I'm just kidding. Let me shut up. Are you an agency owner looking to grow your revenue, increase your bottom line, and better manage your taxes? Club Capital is here to help. 
Club Capital is the largest accounting and advisory firm for insurance agents in the country, providing monthly accounting, tax strategy, and CFO services. Way more than bookkeeping and your everyday run-of-the-mill tax prep, Club Capital is focused on providing financial and tax advisory services that help you plan and forecast your agency's performance. Their financial dashboards and agency forecasting tools help you better understand your agency's historical performance, create and measure future targets, and see how your agency compares to your peers around the country. Imagine what it would be like to understand the impact to your bottom line when deciding to hire a new employee or forecast the impact rate changes or commission rates will have on your business. With over $200 million in tracked annual revenue and $140 million in tracked annual expenses, Club Capital has the data and the team to help you make better informed decisions for your agency. They will help you turn that back office stress into the backbone of your agency's success by giving you the tools to take your agency and your leadership to the next level. Visit club.capital today to book a solution overview with one of our business consultants. Club Capital, way more than a CPA firm. All right, let's talk about owned an aesthetics business at one time that I sold. And a big part of that business was HIPAA compliance. But we're not going to talk about that kind of HIPAA compliance. We're going to talk about high income producing activities, HIPA. That's your new definition for high income producing activities. But before we get there, <laughs> this is a good example of so people have heard this many times about focus on the high leverage activities. Don't have so much on your plate so you can focus on those activities. I mean, you're the 10th person, 20th person that's said that. But oftentimes we don't do that. We don't structure and architect the weeks in a way that allow us to actually focus on and have our own attention on the things that are really going to move the needle in our businesses. So what are the things we need to do to get so much off of our plate so we can actually focus on the things that are going to be the biggest levers in our business? It's more mindset psychologically more than anything else because if we are not going to be honest with ourselves then that's a problem we love to take care of our customers we love to spoil our customers we love to just kill them with love that takes time mm -hmm. we're in a sales organization everything works so this is how i help myself mentally no matter even if I just want to focus on just spending time with my customers, telling stories, loving them to them that they would never want to go somewhere else, I'm not going to be able to do it perfectly. If I want to take care of clients or if, if I want to focus on sales. In other words, I cannot do everything that I need to do in my agency mm -hmm. successfully. Yeah. I cannot do everything I need to do in my speaking and coaching business successfully. It mm -hmm. comes down to, me deciding I would do a little bit of everything. In investment, many people that would be listening to this are securities licensed. Think about it. how compliant would that be or how would that stand in court if I put all your money in one asset class? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversification. We hear in many forms. Why can't we do the same with our business, our agencies? That's the struggle. So when you look at asset allocation, just go to Fidelity website, type in asset allocation, and you see small cap, so many percent. Can you do the same in your agency? I said, okay. My agency, I do recruit, hiring and recruiting. I do team training. I do appointments. 
I handle claims. I make peace in the office. I split up fight with my team members. You can go on and on, okay? So, <laughs> so if you draw your pie chart and just put in a little bit of that, okay? What size pie do you want for appointments? What size pie do you want for prospect? The whole thing is, if you do that, can you be consistent at least for a quarter to see your quarterly report? <laughs> then you do asset reallocation, right? Financial planners do that all day long. That's what they charge us, the 1% or 2% for. Can we do the same with our agencies and say, okay, I know that all these things are going to pull on my time. But the problem that we have is all of a sudden, we allow, if you were looking visually on that pie, we could see the pie getting bigger and knocking off appointments and prospecting. And mm. we're so happy because we're doing a lot of good stuff, but you cannot succeed. You would not have a compliant asset allocation if those, like fixed account. Why would we have fixed account on asset allocation? There's no fixed account that I know of that I've met over 1% since 2008 that I've been checking. Mm-hmm. I just talked to a client. 64% of his portfolio is in fixed account because he lost some money. <laughs> okay. So the same thing psychologically, I decide income producing activities should be a percentage of my time. And mm-hmm. come what may, I will try to get to that percentage week after week. It's a choice and it's discipline. Mm-hmm. That to me is harder than actual sales. Yeah. That to me is harder than recruiting and trading. The discipline to keep to your time allocation on the high income producing activities. Yeah, I, I completely agree with this. I mean, you've heard me say often, do the boring work, repeat successful actions. Prospecting is undefeated, period. It's undefeated in any business. And especially in an insurance agency where You've got to be able to make sales. And the way to do that is through prospecting. Now, that doesn't mean that you, the business owner, need to be necessarily prospecting for auto insurance, right? I mean, we're not necessarily saying that. But if you're wanting to write $100,000 in life premium, it's going to take doing the boring work, right? You can have the best word track in the world, but there's a volume that has to be there. And oftentimes we don't want to hear that. And so, you know, it's beliefs. It's skills and it's traits. And so it's a mindset that you got to have, maybe a mindset you got to let go. It is certainly skills and skill development, like what's a strategy, what's the word track, how do I say this, tonality, all of those things. But lastly, I think it's the thing that gets overlooked and it's just character traits and it's discipline and consistency. Well, you know what? Honestly, I think I have been very fortunate. I'm one of few people in your statement there, do the boring work. I actually have gotten to a point where I don't have boring work because I don't consider Mm -hmm. them boring. I consider them necessary evil to -hmm. get the reward that I want. So I find ways to enjoy because Mm -hmm. it's a very pathetic way to have a career that you have a chunk of the work being boring because it's like choosing a career that you're sad most of the time. See, Mm -hmm. I hear salespeople and sales books and theories that prospecting is the lifeblood of any sales organization. I have never found a group that up to 5% 
enjoy prospecting. So if you are in a career or profession that 95% detest the biggest, the lifeblood of the success, that's where the problem is. So I find ways to enjoy prospecting because it's the lifeblood of what I do. Since it will always be here, we don't graduate. I have done this 36 years. If you hire an agent today, day one, I need to prospect, he needs to prospect. Mm -hmm. There's no graduation year where you don't do that. So 36 years of dealing with something boring doesn't look smart to me. So many years ago, I found ways not to look at it from a boring standpoint. So I find ways to enjoy. That's something we can talk about in a different podcast. How do you enjoy the boring one? Because that could also shape your success. <laughs> Good point. All right, I'm going to bring it down to eye level. What's one play that you know someone, I mean, I'm going to extract a play from you. What's one play that you have seen some success from yourself or for obviously your coaching clients and your program that somebody can implement right away that if they do it, they're going to get premium or apps or what's one thing that you're seeing that's working right now? Well, it's going to fall in two groups. With those with existing agency, those with existing agency is to look at existing clients. If I want live insurance, if I want to increase my production in live insurance, number one, I'm going to look at people that already have live insurance, not from a standpoint of selling them more live insurance or different live insurance. An interesting strategy is just calling people and reminding them about the value of what they did. So if I call you and said, right, because of COVID, I have received a lot of calls from families that have lost jobs, lost income, lost loved ones that are concerned about how adequate or if their policy is enforced or in good standing. That makes me now practically call those that like you that didn't call me to just let you know your mm -hmm. policy is signed. You did a good thing when you decided to buy that hundred thousand or million dollar term policy. It's just a conversation that is not viewed by the client as a sales conversation because I'm not calling to say, right, you need to convert your term policy to a permanent policy, which many agents do. And the first thing you're going to tell me, do how I many didn't COVID affect you? I mean, I lost my job or I'm struggling to pay my bills or my business is struggling. Now you're talking about going from $600 a year term policy to paying $2,300 a year. That's what it's going to be playing in your head. But sure. by approaching it, I have had more success just calling customers to thank them for what they have done and remind them why they shouldn't let go. And if it becomes a struggle to make the payment, just let me know. Let's see what we can do to help because this is a good protection for the family. This has come in handy for many families. So for any of you listening, you can use the word we. We have received calls. You're not lying. You're part of the family. <laughs> so even if you haven't received, I have received a lot of calls and I have made a lot of proactive calling. So existing customers from that standpoint, and I have been able to do more with family members because of that. 
And I've been able to do more with these individuals because they've forgotten about what they bought, why they bought it, and how much. Some mm-hmm. people just, because it's automatic payment or a bank draft, they don't pay attention to it. So yeah. that has worked very well for me. What are you saying after when you get into that conversation? Where does it typically go? Does it go into a review of the policy itself? Or do you see that typically going that ultimately leads into you know, well, some uh, the thing that I do is I spend more time planning for the appointment or call than I do even on the calls itself. Because before I give you a call, I'm going to look at your household immediately. I said, okay, Brad is married. Brad has two children, but I only have a policy on him. So I'm not going to call and start talking to you about protecting your wife or the children, mm-hmm. because then that's a sales call. I call to talk to you about what you've done and commend you. I find that when you commend people for doing a right thing in the past, they're motivated to do more right things in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So in that regard, when I have that conversation with you talk about the policy, then I'm going to say to you, not today, but some of the other people that have called me have said that they don't think the policy that they bought will cover everything now because their life has changed. I don't know about you. I have some clients, or when you bought the policy, you were not married. But now you're married and have two children. Or when you bought the policy, you may have some plans for it. If your plan changes, we need to know so that your policy will also change. Now, if it was a term policy, instead of talking about converting, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you want this policy to be enforced when you die? And everybody said yes. I said, I have good news and bad news. Which one do you want first? <laughs> this is very simple. <laughs> so it's like, we just laugh about that. I've had people say, come on, give me the bad news. Then you take the good news and wash it off. You know, you, you just people just relax yeah. and then it just goes different ways. You know, the federal government, if you Google life expectancy table, you can go, I can just wheel out. You go to U.S. Census Bureau website, it's free. Or you go to Social Security Administration website, it's free. So the government says a young man your age has 50 more years to live, unless you do something stupid. And I know you're not going to do anything stupid. Okay. So you just told me you want your policy to be enforced when you die. This policy you bought will expire in four years. So this particular policy would not be enforced when you die 50 years from now. If you want to see a policy that will be enforced 50 years from now, then let me know. I'll share that with you. Mm. That's it. Then they say, where's the good news? I said, the good news is if you want to do that, you don't have to do a physical exam. I don't know if you remember all the lengthy questions we asked and the needles and all that. I had a lady busted out and she said, that's a relief. She said, I actually fainted. On the exam table, she said, I hit needles. So it was like good news. If you can do that, hey, I'm in for it. But it's just, you can transition many ways. Or I could say, you know what, Brad, you really protected. But I noticed that your wife is not also protected. Was that a choice that the family made? See, I just asked that type of question. Is it a choice? Or if I didn't want to talk about that I said, you know what? Most people say that buying life insurance on children is a waste of time. 
Mm. I'm going to shoot you an email. It will list why I bought life insurance on my children and why most of my customers buy life insurance on the children. As soon as you get it, I'm curious. Call me back. I want to know which one of those would apply to you or if you have any reason not listed on my reason, because you may have a different reason. <laughs> so that's then good. I say, I'm going to email that to you. And Brad, I know we're very busy. That's just a page for you to glance at. If I don't hear from you by Friday or by this weekend, what's a good time on Monday for me to call you? Because I just want to know that I'm getting feedback from good clients like you. See, now I'm letting you know I'm going to email you something. And I'm putting a timeline. I'm letting you, I know you're busy, but it's just yeah. one page. Look at it yeah. because I'm curious to know which one of those, my reasons, will be yours. Oh, those are good. Those are really, really good. That's <laughs> one thing you mentioned. Again, I know people have heard this. Do you want this to be enforced when you die? Like people have heard that, but somebody listened to that and said, oh, it's a good reminder to put that into their sales process into their word tracks. And again, it goes back to, we need to be reminded more than we need to be taught. I think that's a really, really good reminder. So people that listen to the podcast on a regular basis know that I love to play golf. I mean, I'm wearing a golf shirt most of the time. So years ago, whenever I was growing up, there was a putter. I think it was maybe probably the second or third putter that I had. Somebody had gifted it to me and it was called Never Compromise. That was the name of the putter. So somebody out there who's a golfer remembers this. You were telling us a story a few days ago that I think is really valuable for us. And it'd be my last question is around compromisation or compromising or not compromising, never compromising. Can you just speak to that? Well, it, it's interesting. I own two businesses and it was amazing that in one week, this actually played out between the two businesses with the agency. You know, my team member or in my office, you don't mail out. Live insurance quote. If you do, I'll dock your pay for the time you use because that's an experiment. I don't pay for experiments. I pay for proven track record. So if you want to do it, you can do it after hours, your own time, because you're just experimenting. I call it feel good activities. Okay. So we had a lady call in the office. She wanted to remove a daughter from a million dollar life policy as beneficiary. She said, I'm giving her $2 million house. So I want the million dollar policy to go to my son. The son has a different real estate. Adds up to two. So I'm equalizing my estate for my children. So it's a million dollar policy that she bought 16 years ago, four years left. <laughs> so my team member's reaction was, you know that in four years, you're going to be four years older and you have to be healthy to do more, to extend. So it may be a good idea to do something right now. And since you bought it 16 years ago, things have changed. You may want to do more. So just the great part of my team member's reaction, the lady, first thing she said, no, I don't want to increase it. I just want a million. And could you just send me a price on extending it? And my team member said, no, we need to have a meeting. She said, I'm not interested in any meeting. Just send me the price. Okay. So my team member got off the phone and called me and said, well, you have this rule in the office. We can't set a price. This is the situation. <laughs> so he said, I don't have any way of um, adding anything. If we don't do an increase, then I'm not going to get compensated. You handle it. So I called the lady. And when I called the lady, I just said, 
said you needed us to send a prize and you don't want any appointment. I'm going to tell you this. I don't want to write something again. If it turns out to be the wrong thing, you'll blame me. So if we cannot have 30 minutes virtual appointment, then you may as well buy it somewhere else. Because now your son would be in trouble if we do the wrong thing. A million dollar policy to equalize your state deserves 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I can make it easier on you. This Saturday, I'm doing a group meeting. If you want to join that, that's fine. Then you will hear some of the reasons why we need to do it. So fast forward. She accepted, attended the group, a virtual appointment that I did. She texted me after the meeting. I have some questions. We met Tuesday, this past Tuesday. She said, okay, here's the deal. I have $770,000 sitting at Wells Fargo, money market account, because I'm afraid of the market. Uh -huh. I'm saving $5,000 a month, and I have a $50,000 IRA with BB&T Bank. What I heard about a permanent policy, a different kinds of policy, what can I do with this money and this $1 million? So the short story is, I would not have had that opportunity if I had compromised the guideline in the office. You mm -hmm. don't email a quote, even in a sale. That was a sale that she was ready. She's had it for 16 years, but we would have missed out on the big money if we compromise. Yeah. And I know you're running that. One more thing on the business side, I ran an ad for my $25,000 club. I had an agent that called. I explained the program. He said, okay, I'm ready. He's ready to pay me $2,000. I asked him a simple question. You subscribed to my program 2018 or 2017 or so. I haven't heard from you. I know you've done other programs since then. He told me. And you realize all these programs that he has spent money on. I asked him, I said, why did they not get you where you needed mm -hmm. for you to come back to me? And he told me why. And then I asked him about my program. When you bought webinars, did you get a return on the investment? No. So what was the problem? We spent a few minutes talking, and I pointed out to it. The problem is none of those programs. The problem is him and the system in his office that I don't want to be another losing case. So I'd rather not take his money mm. at this point. If you want to talk about what needs to be changed in your office, then maybe you'll be a fit. For my, for my, I said, now, since this year, I decided I'm going to work with fewer agents and have more success and be happier than just mm -hmm. selling products to agents. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, you know what? Let me think about that. I said, good. You think about it, and then we can go. But in the meantime, I know you know other agents that what I just explained to you will make sense. He said, yeah, I have a couple of my buddies. I said, then send them an email to reach out to me. He did. One of those people love what I'm doing, paid for. So mm. again, I choose not to compromise. I still win. Mm. The temptation would have been just take that credit card and get $2,000. Whether yeah. he succeeds or not, that's his fault. He's an adult. <laughs> Easy to do. Yep. Easy to Absolutely. do. Yeah. Absolutely. That was a really good way to kind of bookend from the thing that we first started talking about which is investing in ourselves to ultimately never compromising our own values. And the only things that we believe 
to for, you know, that's one thing to say you have values and things you stand for. And we have systems and rules. Don't we don't mail out quotes to then actually adhering to it. It's one thing to turn down something that's a hundred dollar opportunity. It gets harder if it's a thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million dollar opportunity, whatever that may be in the future. Thomas, it's been great. I love catching up with you. Thanks for coming on. I know some folks are going to want to reach out to you about your two programs that you guys have. Where would you point them to? My website is still best, uh, ntukspeaking.com, N-T-U-K, and the word speaking, ntukspeaking.com. When you're there, just book 10 minutes. Just click on calendar. Book 10 minutes. So that 10 minutes could shorten you trying to read a lot of things on the website. And that 10 minutes is not a sale. The discipline, again, here is credibility. I said 10 minutes, it'll be 10 minutes. If you go beyond 10 minutes, that's on you, not on me. So 10 Mm -hmm. minutes, I can sell you and get your credit card in 10 minutes. But the 10 minutes, I'm going to direct you to what to look for and ask some questions to see, is this a good fit for you or not? I love it. Awesome. Thomas, hope to have you back on in the future. We will have you back on in the future. (laughs) No problem. I love Thomas's energy. He always such a joyful person to be around. He doesn't take himself too seriously, which I really enjoy being around people like that. There's a lot that I could say, but as I was trying to bring it together in three big areas, big three big takeaways, I think the number one, it really is the value of investing yourself and your own development. It is so important that we invest in our teams but it's so important that you invest in yourself as well, whether that's through hopefully listening to this podcast as part of it, reading books, listening to other podcasts, going to conferences, going in, investing in coaching programs are going to help you with the things that you you know, are struggling with in your business or maybe not even struggling. You just want to get to the next level. I think number two, when he talked about what are your high income producing activities, what are yours? What are the things that you know really move the needle forward in your business? And then number three, I thought it was a good discussion around never compromising. And he gave such really two good examples in both of his businesses of times where it would be easy to compromise and easy to kind of go against the things that you say. But whenever the rubber meets the road, do you actually stick with that? So invest in yourself, high income producing activities and never compromise. Now, if you want to invest in yourself, you want to be able to obviously check out Thomas's website, go to Intuck Speaking, but also check out Coach P. Go to coachpconsulting.com. When you mention the Club Capital Leadership Podcast, he'll give you an entire month off your membership, an entire month. You can go on there and check out his twice a week trainings, not just once a week, but twice a week trainings every week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So you can get really eight times that you'll be able to experience and see what others have been able to find in being able to help grow their business, whether it's through life insurance, specific word tracks all the way through marketing, maybe even just for you as a business owner, is it time to take on another office? Uh, What about a third office? How do you actually scale to multiple different agencies? Go to coachpconsulting.com. I was talking to a business owner the other day and I shared with him, I said, you know, I think everything flows downhill from marketing and sales, ultimately from acquisition systems. And It's so important that you give your sales teams an influx of leads on a regular basis, consistent basis, that are quality. Certainly, the quality of your sales team is really important for them to be able to convert, but it's also the quality of the leads that you're getting. 
we've had some guests on recently uh, talking about the importance and value of traditional forms of marketing and every one of them say, but you still have to be able to have a balance to be active online for people to be able to find you because where most people go. And so if you have not taken the step to reach out to direct list, do that. No obligation, no pressure approach. They're going to find out the things that you have as your goals for your business and see how they're going to be able to possibly help you share with you things that they've been able to help literally hundreds of business owners around the country to be able to do that exact thing. Go to directclicksinc.com. Similarly, we were having a conversation with several business owners the other day, and we was talking about numbers, and it was talking about school boards, and it was talking about just the importance of knowing your numbers. And the question then comes into what numbers do you need to know? And we had a really open discussion about what's important and what's not important. And that distinction, I think, is really crucial because I think everybody gets it and understands it, that you need to track your numbers. But what are the numbers you need to track? And I think oftentimes, it's certainly the case for me, is early on that I dismissed the financial numbers. I went to Auburn University, had my degree in finance. You would think that I would have uh, understood the value of understanding my financial numbers. I just didn't. My approach, which was lazy, simply was to say, well, you know, if we just produce, the production will take care of the financials. And I think ultimately it's a skill. It's a skill that you can manage as a mindset more than anything first for me to realize, you know, I'm in business business to make a profit and to be profitable. And I want to make more money every year. I want to take home more money every year and I want the revenue to be there. And so I want both. And I recently, I don't know, six weeks ago, hired an online trainer. I'm paying $300 a month, $297 to be specific. His name's Andy. And he's got me tracking on my fitness pal. So many of you may know that. I needed to lose probably 10 to 15 pounds or so. And if you saw me, you probably wouldn't necessarily know that, but I wanted to do it for me. And so I had never in my life tracked calories. And it has been incredibly eye-opening to me on a daily basis. I'm going about five weeks now of doing it, of how many calories are in different things that I was eating on a regular basis. And I wasn't really eating all that bad. And so for those of you who may want to know, I'm trying to be around 2,300 calories or so a day. And uh, it's been difficult, but it's also helped me with my discipline and consistency. So why am I telling you all this? I'm telling you all this is that I think your financials are the exact same way. And that's where Club Capital can come in is to give you insights and tracking that you probably have not had before. I mean, if you're getting a regular P&L on a monthly basis from somebody that you work with, that's great. Most people don't even get that. But it's also having those numbers in a perspective and in a way that you're able to see it and be able to make decisions off of that. I mean, I've been able to help make decisions off what I'm going to eat. Matter of fact, at the time of this recording, it's about time for lunch. And so because I know I'm tracking, I'll make a slightly different decision on what I'm going to have for lunch today than what I normally would. And uh, it's all because of that. And so I think your financials is the same way. So go to club.capital and book a demo and let them show you what hundreds of agents around the country have been able to discover for themselves and why Club Capital is without a doubt the largest and uh, the fastest growing CPA company, tax advisory, and now new CFO services program that they have. So make sure that you mention that you heard about them on the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. All right, everyone. It's been a great episode. Love having Thomas on. Until next time, lead well.